together as your body and to worship you and all of your work and to serve you and to serve those around us um, in our city. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity and this privilege to be here with you today. And I pray for Pastor Billy as he brings the word and his Holy Spirit guide and direct you. Lord, may you use him as a vessel. May we have open ears and hearts to hear and receive your word. Started. Let me just say again, happy Father's Day to all the guys uh, out there this morning. Uh, whether you have children of your own or not, if you are a guy, you have a unique grace from God to reveal the goodness of God the Father uh, from your unique position, your unique perspective as a guy. At Resurrection Church, we are grateful for the unique grace of God on women the unique grace of God on men, because unlike many in the world today, we still believe there's a difference. And we believe there's a difference specifically and intentionally designed by God, so that when men and women work together well and appropriately, together they reflect the glory of God. And I got to say, for me personally, I really uh, love being a dad. I enjoy being a dad, even though you know it is sometimes really, really hard, and even though it is always really, really expensive. Uh, uh, I... Um, have great respect for the title Father and great appreciation for anyone who attempts to walk in that role, whether as a father or as a father figure. So on this Father's Day, just kind of get us focused and moving. Would you stand with me as you're able uh, in honor of the Word of God? And I'm going to read for us uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24. Luke 15, 11 to 24. It's a little bit longer passage than I normally start with, so I'm just going to read it for us this morning. Uh, Luke 15, beginning at verse 11. This is what the Bible says. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Then when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! 
Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and and you may be seated. Don't you just love the image of the Father Jesus gives us in that particular story? As Christians, we often refer to God as Father, and it's a habit we picked up from the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus taught us how to pray, beginning with the words, Our Father. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus prayed for his disciples saying, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. He prayed, Father, glorify your name. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. On the day of his resurrection from the dead, he commissioned his disciples with the words, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in a moment of unimaginable anguish, realizing that he was about to be separated from his father because of my sin and yours, he prayed, Abba, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Now, I believe if you really really want to appreciate the power and the importance of the title Father, you need to take some time and read through all the father statements of Jesus. Get yourself a good concordance, sit down in a quiet place where you won't be interrupted, where you won't be rushed, and just read through every time in the Bible. Jesus refers to God as Father. I promise you it will be worth your time. But you know, there's a problem when we try to understand God, or when we try to help other people understand God by pointing them to the word Father. Because the truth is, the fathers we know, the fathers we experience in this life, all come up wildly short of what father is meant to be, especially as that word, as that term is applied to God. Listen, I've got no doubt whatsoever that many of you are probably really, really good fathers. And many of you have probably had really, really good fathers. But I also know for certain that's not the case with everybody. For some of you, the word father recalls images of tremendous anger or drunkenness, crushing words, or various forms of abuse. Talk to people in their 70s, still reeling, still struggling under harsh, reckless words spoken over them by their fathers. And then there are those people, some of you even, for whom the word father conjures no particular image at all because your father wasn't around. He disappeared when you were young, maybe even before you were born. And now all those years later, you're still wondering, why why wasn't he there for me? I want to take just a moment and speak directly to all of you who have, for whom your experience with your earthly father was an occasion for hurt and wounding. Because the truth is, no matter what the world tries to say about us, fathers are a big deal. And father wounds 
to really be good. That's why the Bible has so much to say about God as Father and about God's special care, his particular care for the fatherless. For example, Psalm 2710 says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. The Lord will take me up. Psalm 685 calls God a father to the fatherless. Deuteronomy 10.18 says that God defends the cause of the fatherless. And there are a number of laws specifically written in the Bible for the express purpose of protecting and providing for those without fathers. So listen, if your father was not there for you, if he wasn't there to love you and tell you stupid jokes, if he wasn't there to hug you, hold you really tight, if he wasn't there to pick you up and tell you he was proud of you, if he wasn't there to bend your ear when you didn't study like you should, and if he wasn't there to tan your hide if you dared to talk back to your mother, if that's the case in your life, then this morning on behalf of all men everywhere, I want to apologize to you. say we're sorry. If I had time this morning, I'd go to every one of you. I'd hug you, I'd hold you, I'd tell you you matter, I'd tell you I'm proud of you, I'd do it as somebody who cares about you, and I'd do it on behalf of God the Father, who delights in fathering the fatherless. You know, pe- people say kids need dads. I hope you understand that is total nonsense. The last time I checked, there's the only way to get kids. The mere existence of a kid is de facto proof there was a father. Sometime, somewhere along the way. Kids exist because there are fathers. Kids don't need fathers. Kids need godly fathers and godly father figures. They need godly men in their lives. Godly men actively involved in their lives. Reflecting the father heart of God, showing them what God the Father is like. So guys, it's Father's Day, listen to me. Guys, whether you're married or not, whether you have children or not, I want to assure you this morning, you have a grace from God and an anointing from God to play the role of father in the world. You have a special grace from God to give the kind of hug that actually makes someone feel safer. You have a special grace from God to help someone believe they actually matter. You have a special grace from God to help someone believe they can get back up after they have fallen down. And you have a special grace from God to bust their chops in love, but with firmness when they really need to be called on the carpet. We are living in a society right now cram-packed with people who never had a father straighten them out. Who never had a father tell them no. Who never had a father teach them to be on time. 
teach them to take responsibility and clean up their own messes. Listen, there are plenty of dads running around out there. But way too many of them are running away from their responsibility. Today in our world, there is an urgent need for godly fathers and father figures. And the people of God need to rise up and fill that need. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he wrote to to instruct them and to correct them on a whole variety of matters. Part of what he wrote to them was this. He says, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, 10,000 instructors, 10,000 teachers, 10,000 tutors, that's kind of what the word means in Greek. Even though you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. We need more godly fathers and godly father figures. We need more spiritual dads and spiritual moms, for that matter, to love and to lead and to train people up. Folks who will lay down their lives for other people, who will offer, who will offer more than just information, but who will step in and offer themselves their time, their attention, their experiences, and their example. So if you're listening to me right now, either in this room or in your living room or your bedroom or your office or wherever you might be, if you're listening to me right now and you have an X and a Y chromosome, if you have male body parts that you were given at birth, if you're listening to me right now and you are a guy, and you are willing and you are wanting to rise up in the name of Jesus, with the help of God, by the grace of God, to take up that Father anointing and play that role in the world, to bring glory to God and help to people by representing God the Father in the world. If you want and you are willing to do whatever it takes to bless and serve and strengthen this world as a representative of God the Father, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right where you are. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Because I'm going to charge you and I'm going to pray for you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you've got your own children or not. It just matters if you're willing and wanting <coughs> to let God work through you in this battle. All right, guys, here's the charge. It comes in two simple parts. Number one, show up. And number two, Step up. If you want to use your Father anointing, your special grace as a guy, your special grace as a man, to, to, to glorify God and bless people in this world from your unique perspective as a man, <coughs> then it all begins with showing up. Because that's what godly fathers do. Godly fathers show up. They show up when they're supposed to. They show up when they say they will. They show up when there's a need. They show up to church. Can I tell you, Father's Day is the, the single lowest attendance day of church uh, in the year. Mother's Day is the highest attendance day. Number three, third highest attendance day of the year. Because so many moms say, yeah, all I want for Mother's Day is you to come to church with me. Father's Day is the lowest attendance day of the church in the year. Because so many fathers say, let me sleep in. That's not funny. 
There's a tragic need, a desperate need for godly men, godly fathers, and godly father figures in our world today. And it begins by showing up. Godly men show up for church. They show up for Bible study. They show up in, in, in their community because godly men are there for people. Godly, God the Father is there for you, and he expects the same from you because you can't serve God and you can't bless people if you're not there. You need to commit to show up. And number two, you need to commit to step up. To step up when somebody needs a hand, to step up when somebody needs a hug, to step up when somebody needs a buck, to step up when somebody needs a rebuke. Because godly men are present. They show up and they're willing to do the hard things when hard things are needed. So if you're standing with me right now, and I'm standing with you, and you want to serve God in this way, you're willing, with the help of God, by the grace of God, and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, to take up that Father anointing, to show up and step up as opportunities arise. In just a moment, I want you loudly and proudly to say, not to me, but to the Lord, yes, I'm willing. And then here I am, send me. Can you say that with me? Yes, I'm willing. Here I am, send me. Can you do it again? Yes, I'm willing. Here I am, send me. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the, the grace you have for all of us, the love you have for all of us. God, I thank you for, for this group that's standing that I get to be a part of. In the particular call you have on us. Father, we acknowledge according to the Bible, we can't do this on our own. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But we also acknowledge according to the Bible, with you all things are possible. So we ask you to forgive us in Jesus' name for all the times we haven't shown up. And for the many ways in which we didn't step up when we should have. We ask you to forgive us and cleanse us in Jesus' name. Fill us afresh with your spirit and use us for your glory for the benefit of many. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Let me just go ahead and acknowledge this morning that I recognize by speaking directly to men, by praying specifically over men, by talking about a particular unique father anointing, I recognize it's very possible I might upset some people, particularly some people who may be concerned in this day over what's come to be known as toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity, it's, it's that negative stereotype of guys as foul-mouthed, beer-swilling, oversexed, video game-obsessed, frat boys and couch potatoes. But the problem with toxic masculinity, the whole toxic masculinity thing, is that that image has nothing to do whatsoever with real biblical masculinity. What I described is not toxic masculinity. It's toxic irresponsibility. It's toxic immaturity. It's toxic childishness and selfishness. And if any of that stuff describes you, you need to repent and change. Because it's the exact opposite of the Father anointing. It is the polar opposite of the design and plan of God for men. And it is a perfect example 
of why all of us, men and women alike, why it is so important that all of us be what we're supposed to be and live like we're supposed to live. Not like culture says we're supposed to, but like God says we're supposed to in the Bible. And God says in the Bible that all of us are supposed to live and love and look like Him. That means rather than using Father to help us understand God, we need to come close to God as a way of understanding Father. In fact, we need to come close to God as a way of understanding everything. Listen, every single time your earthly father got something right, the truth is what he really did in that moment was reflect the goodness of God the Father. What he actually did, whether he meant to or not, was allow a little bit of that image of God to leak through him so you could see him. And man, oh man, how we need more leaky people today. More and more men and women of God committed to allow him to leak through us, the image of God to leak through us consistently that, that others might see him. Speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist once said, he must become greater, I must become less. He must increase. I must decrease. And this is the urgent need in the church today. It's the urgent need for the world today. It's the urgent need in your life and my life today. Men and women of God who surrender their lives to God in order to become more and more and more like Him. Like I said, God keeps talking to me. God keeps dealing with me over and over again about the present condition of the church. I'm going to tell you, God is not dealing with me about the present condition of our government. God is dealing with me about the present condition of our church. Because I think that's where the hope lies. And I think that's where the answers are. God keeps talking to me and dealing with me about the great need for you and for me to become more and more and more like Him. Because, saints, i got to tell you, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't think we're ready. I don't think we're ready for what the world is preparing to send our way. I don't think we're ready to be in the world where the world desperately needs us to be. So I close this morning begging you in the name of Jesus. Begging you in the name of Jesus to get serious about becoming more like to commit yourself to really living like God has called and created you to live. And I hope very much in the next month or so to be able to provide some practical ways to help you in that pursuit. Finally, let me assure you, if you're here or there or wherever, you know you belong here. You belong here. You know you belong here. You haven't shown up like you should have. You haven't you haven't um, stepped out like you should have. The truth is, you know, you've been living for yourself, not for God. If that's the case, and you, I mean, you have squandered your your inheritance and uh, uh, made a mess of things, and you know that's true. Here's the good news: God, if you will repent and turn toward Him, He will come running to you. This is the heart of the Father. This is the way the Father responds to all of us when we turn back toward Him no matter how far we've fallen, no matter how bad we've fallen. God is not sitting up in heaven disgusted by all of your failures. 
he is desperately eager for you to repent and make your way to him. He's ready to run and meet you before you leave here today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning as we always do for the power and the clarity of your word. Lord, for the the clear depiction of you as our loving, gracious, heavenly Father, the one who disciplines us for our good, who pursues us in our failings, who receives us and restores us when we fail. Father, we thank you that we have been created in your image. The Bible tells us that, to bear that image, to represent, to let the image of God leak through us, that others might see and be drawn to you as well. Lord, get us ready. Father, get us ready. As the people of God, get us ready for whatever the world might throw our way and for whatever the world might need from you. Forgive us for any complacency, any comfortableness that we might have settled into. Get us ready, O Lord, our God, to leak you everywhere we go. Be glorified in your people, we pray. And bless others through us in Jesus' name. Amen, hallelujah, and amen. Praise the Lord.